0: Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all walks of life, um, every profession pretty much you can think of, um, and sometimes I also do episodes by myself that I feel spirit-led through my faith system, which I believe the creator of the universe puts on my heart to speak on, to, to share some real practical tips with you, whether it be science-based, research-based, or life experiences from my own stories or from other stories from uh, friends or colleagues or mentors that I look up to. And also share sometimes some music that I create uh, that I feel uh, ties in nicely with the impromptu topics when I do uh, self-directed Uh, episodes on the show and I was literally just got back from a ladies luncheon and did some errands today and I was in the middle of just worship and praise dancing in my bedroom and the creator is like Aaron get off this phone and get on your other device and I want you to start recording and the topic is you are enough So if you're not driving, strongly recommend you get a piece of paper out. strongly recommend some kind of writing utensil. If you are driving, uh, maybe there's someone in your vehicle that can jot down some notes for you or put it in their uh, phone or iPad or whatnot, and uh, then you can look on this uh, down the road. Maybe today's not a tough day for you, but maybe down the road you're going to go through a tough day and you're, ne- you're going to need to be reminded that you are enough or you know someone that's struggling right now, uh, maybe struggling with depression, maybe a little anxiety. Um, they got a lot going on in their life, maybe a lot of transitions, maybe they're going through a divorce, maybe they lost a family member, new job, new address, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the hope of this show, the intention is to equip you with real practical tips and strategies to help empower you to find happiness from within uh, so that you don't plan or uh, don't intend to uh, end your life prematurely through suicide and or uh, just don't get to that point. Um, We all go through struggles and you're not alone. So I don't pre-plan these ones uh, on the uh, self-directed days. So you are enough. First thing that comes to mind, affirmations. You are enough. Such a great affirmation. I am enough. And it's true. You are. You are enough. Um, when I was going through the year, I was going through my divorce process. This was uh, 2015 and 2016. It was an 11-month journey. It was not fun by any means, but I learned a lot of lessons. And I actually learned about affirmations uh, from one of the leaders in the direct sales company that I was learning how to be a part of um, on the business side. I loved the product and decided that I was going to try this new venture. And part of their their system, uh, they had a weekly meeting where you'd bring people and they'd get introduced to the product line and they would uh, get introduced to the business uh, from Someone they uh, had to typically have earned the vehicle promotion to share their story of how uh, the system is duplicatable and whatnot. And uh, this particular leader, uh, Jenny Thummel, a wonderful woman, she shared her story of struggle during the terrible economy. She was a realtor. And there were no home sales um, when the home market crashed, the big boom, the big bubble crashed um, from 08 to 12. If you remember that, if you were a professional during that time frame, or maybe you were just starting to learn about money and whatnot, um, she described it as breathing through a straw every night. She got so stressed that she became catatonic. Her Her husband actually had to quit his traveling job to come home and help take care of her. And she was real with us. She shared how uh, bit by bit she started getting back, getting like rehabbed back into uh, being able to be, you know, a contributing person in society. And a part of that journey was getting plugged in through the strike sales organization, um, and church, they were very connected in their church system, um, and they loved affirmations. And I think she might have learned it from one of those big church leaders that does uh, TV and online uh, church sermons and whatnot. Um, and she shared what affirmations were with us because she believed that we needed to hear about it. And I'm so glad she did because I had never heard that term before. Um, so she described it. And then she gave us a handout of affirmations. I still have that handout today. That was back in 2015, seven years later. That important to me. I've moved probably almost 100 times since then. And most of them not my choice. And I kept that. I got rid of a lot of things, but I kept her words because they were so powerful. You are enough. That is such a powerful and truthful statement. Essentially what an affirmation is... If you're not familiar, it's when you take a thought, a negative thought pattern, and you flip the script, maybe, maybe you have this thought that floats on by your mind that you are stupid. So you have that thought, right? Our thoughts are, are just floating, right? They come in, they come out, whatever. We have like 70,000 thoughts a day. But let's say you paid attention to that thought and you decided you were going to flip the script, change that negative thought into a positive affirmation to then help yourself retrain your brain to think more kindly about yourself. So you would change it to something different that is speaking kindly to yourself. So if it's related to your intelligence, well, uh, I may not know everything, right now and that's okay but I still love and appreciate myself or maybe you say something like I'm an in, a highly intelligent being working daily to learn new systems and processes um, you could change it to be anything you want but it has to be something in your own language that you actually believe in that you would say, yeah, that sounds like something that I could say. I could stand behind that. And um, writing it down, physically writing it down, you can type it out, but physically writing it down, whether it be on 3 by 5 cards and posting it around your home, whether writing it in a journal and reading it to yourself in the evening or in the morning, or putting it in your car, whatever works for you, I strongly recommend you reading the affirmations aloud. You are enough. You might not feel like right now you are enough, but guess what? Our feelings are so like fluttery. They come, they go, just like our thoughts. We could have a complete emotional change in a matter of seconds. Let me tell you we had this big old lottery a couple of weeks ago and it was like up to like a billion or something dollars. It was crazy big. Now all these people, right, they get all their numbers called or maybe it's all of them but one or the ticket didn't print out in time, whatever, whatever. They have this this emotional like, oh my gosh, what if I'm the winner, right? They have this, this thought pattern that's, wow, I'm gonna pay off my parents' debt, and I'm gonna buy all my kids their schooling, and maybe buy my neighborhood some a new playground set, and you know, get some get some uh, bonds or whatever for their great grandchildren, whatever. And then they are so excited, and they imagine themselves winning it, right? And then they don't get it, and then they're like, "Well, just wasted twenty bucks that I could have spent." on gas money right (laughs) or whatever Um, your feelings are not something that is super stable to rely on and especially if you know that your mood can go up and down and you don't know when you're going to be feeling up and down Uh, ladies if you have your period still our emotions go up and down usually for me about a week before I get really tired And sometimes I think it's the end of the world, right? I know that about myself because I've had it a long time. So I do things extra during that time period. Um, I give myself extra grace. I say more kind things to myself during that time, Uh, even though I might be eating more. (laughs) I say, you are enough, and that is enough, (laughs) Uh, meaning the plate of food, right? Um, You are enough whether or not you got that workout in, right? You truly are enough. The creator of the universe can use you exactly how you are right now. I'm getting goosebumps. Had this awesome luncheon. Creator of the universe nudged on my heart um, about a week and a half, two weeks ago that I needed some accountability, some checks and balances. Um, Haven't gotten this thing approved yet. Um, at work, but I have proposed it. I've talked to top level leadership about it, and they're waiting to hear back from corporate and the legal department to see if this is something that we could get approved for me to do, um, either on a voluntary basis or um, paid. And something told me about week and a half, two weeks ago, to talk to this person about being on my board essentially, like helping to keep me accountable, making sure that uh, the information that I'm going to be using is going to be sound. And just, just to make sure that it could be as good as it could be a level of excellence. Um, Every leader should have checks and balances. You shouldn't have a bunch of people saying yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. You should have people that challenge you that think differently from you to make sure that what you're doing is with good intention and that if you could be better to help you, to guide you, to coach you, um, our uh, top level leadership in the country that I was blessed to be born in, in the United States of America, they have a chamber of commerce as their advisors or uh, essentially the board of directors, they are um, guiding our top level leadership um, on you know, issues that matter and I might think differently about them uh, in situations and might, you know, in in, uh, closed doors, behind closed doors, I should say, uh, might have done things differently had they had the final decision power. But they their job is to advise, to coach. Right. So that's what I want to do at my job. But on a mental health standpoint and because the creator of the universe called me to do it. And I'm obedient. I listen to the calling. Whether or not they approve it or not, I know I did my part. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I talked to this person because the creator kept nudging on me that day. Five times minimum. You needed to speak to this person today, right now. Go speak right now before you get off the clock. Okay. Um, I asked. They said no. And I said, well... You don't have to give me a yes or no right now. Just think about it. And they smile and they're like, okay. Well, come to find, a couple weeks later, uh, I'm having a ladies' luncheon and confirmed that this particular person has been struggling big time. Creator used me in that moment, literally, to help save a life. And I haven't even gotten it approved yet. So I know... That the service offering is needed. I already knew it because the creator told me to do it. But I didn't know how quickly I would find out how much it's needed. And there's already a wait list of five departments that are waiting for it to be approved. When you lean in to your calling, what you have been designed to do, you don't have to have all of the knowledge about it. You just need to be a few steps ahead of others to help them along the journey. What makes me qualified for this position? I'm not a licensed therapist. People question that. Well, people question the one of the largest ministers, uh, or I should say not largest minister, but uh, largest following of ministers um, in the world. And he doesn't have any seminary background. Joel Osteen, look him up. He shares his story. He was called to his level of service when his father died. He had no desire at all to take over the business. His father asked him multiple times. He had no desire until his father passed away. And then all of a sudden, he did. He's got one of the largest churches in the world. You don't have to have all of the schooling To do what it is you've been called to do. I don't have any degrees in music. They wouldn't let me. Because my first degree, my bachelor's degree, went to a private school. And I didn't want to learn more about music because I was on a vocal scholarship. The music was easy. I had been performing, I didn't know it, but I had been performing college-level music in high school. I got to tour around the United States. I got to sing for all of the superintendents of Washington State as a 15-year-old, sing a solo to them, sing for the NBA Supersonics in high school my senior year, sing inside of Disneyland my senior year, like on stage, like we worked there, but we didn't. Um, I got to do incredible things because... Our choir teacher raised our standards of excellence. So when I got to college, I wanted to continue raising my standard of excellence and learn skills that weren't in my genius zone, but were related to my craft to help me be a better performer. I assumed getting a PE degree that I would learn about dance. I didn't understand due diligent research, and I wanted to stay close to home with my parents, but it's okay. I learned about pedagogy. I learned about the art of teaching I learned about how to design curriculum. And then when I became a PE teacher, my first year, I taught health and fitness, um, two classes, and I taught three middle school math classes. Never in my life did I think I would teach math. Not qualified, not highly endorsed, but the teacher had cancer. It was his third bout, and he was 32 years old in a small little country town, And I stepped in to help out because they needed someone to be reliable, to show up every day for those kids. And I taught myself. I created an assessment for the students to see what they were missing because they had a different substitute pretty much every single day the first half of the year. They deserved the best. I gave them my best. I worked from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. I offered them extra hours before school and after school. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but I said, we're going to learn this together. It was such a small district that the middle school and the high school shared the gym. And they had a partnership. The high school athletes had peer mentors, uh, mentees, I should say, um, at the middle school through uh, the track team and whatnot. And one sad day, and I, uh, you should pause it uh, if you have kids listening and Get them out of the room first. Decide if you want to listen to it first. Review the content, and then you can share it with them if you decide to or give them the Cliffs Notes version. But one of the high school students committed suicide my first year teaching, 2009. I was born in 86. You can do the math how old I was. No one can prepare you for what to say when your students have death so close to them. He was a star athlete. One of my advanced mathematics students was his mentee. I had been called to do this thing. I didn't think that I was enough, but I used all of my resources. I did what I could to help these students, and I showed up, and I was there. A couple years prior to that, my brother's best friend, his mother, ended her life. She was like a second mom to me. Luann. She always made sure she had four boys. She always made sure that the boys let me play with them. When they tried to ostracize me because I wasn't as athletic as them or whatever. She made sure... That they treated me respectfully. And they moved out of our neighborhood. She wasn't as protected socially by the other women in the neighborhood. Didn't know it. But her husband was cheating on her for a long time. For a lot of their marriage. And she finally had enough. He had moved her into an apartment and was paying her monthly to keep her quiet while he moved his girlfriend in. She ended her life. And her son had to find her body. Luckily, it wasn't her youngest son. And it really messed him up. Really messed him up. He was a lawyer. But struggling through the process after that, made some mistakes, lost his license. When people end their lives, it doesn't just affect them. And we know that in society. It affects everyone in the community. My first knowledge about suicide, it was in ninth grade. And there was an eighth grader in the school district. We had a a jazz festival every February, I want to say. It was every year. All the bands, all the junior highs and the high school bands met for a spaghetti dinner and they performed for the community at my high school, Spanway Lake. And I was in junior high at the time, but I was a ninth grader. And I remember going because my middle brother was in the band in the high school and everyone was talking, where is Cedar Crest Junior High? Where are they? Come to find one of the eighth graders and it is life was so sad at the world. I don't know the story of what happened. And I was asked a few, like a week or two later, uh, I was in the top choir in my junior high, and we were asked, there was like four of us ladies that were asked to sing at the funeral for this kid. No one can prepare you for someone ending their life. You deal with it with the knowledge, with the mental ability you have. Uh, Something needs to change in our society. And um, I learned personally firsthand, um, because I had been struggling since that moment, because when it happens, especially with young, impressionable people... If you are on the edge, if you have a mental diagnosis of depression or anxiety, it can push you over the edge. If people don't talk, if they try to sweep it under the rug and pretend that it's not an issue. And it's what so many businesses try to do. It's what Um, A lot of the social media apps did when I first started sharing about Move Happy online. I was doing Instagram ads and they were denying my ads that I was willing to pay for because I had hashtag depression. I had to literally spell it incorrectly in order for them to approve it. Since then, there's been an awakening uh, through another social media app. Lots of people sharing about mental health and Whatnot uh, manifestation and positivity. And I think a lot of people were tired of all the BS in society when 2020 hit and everybody was stuck indoors, isolated, living together, working together, doing school, Zooms, dogs barking in the back. And uh, a couple years prior to that was my calling, my clear, distinct day that i i knew that i was enough but i forgot because i was so i had grown so much so quickly with helping add value in the space and i wasn't respected in the workplace from politicians that controlled our budget but i didn't know that i didn't understand that they voted against mental health i had been awarded a position that my boss told me no one in 30 years was ever interviewed for without a state license in therapy, but I had added so much value. I created five alternative therapies in 12 months, the year that my divorce finalized, my father died, and I had started to file for bankruptcy. I didn't allow those circumstances, because divorce is really expensive, especially when you're... um, soon-to-be ex-husband moves your entire bank account illegally uh, to a secret account during the divorce process. I did I did what I could with what I had available to me, and I continued to focus on the good because I had good people that I was plugging into. Jenny Thummel shared a video after that day. I told her, I said, thank you so much for the affirmations. I didn't know anything about it, but I've done that my whole life through my music. I've written affirmative songs to flip the script in my mind and I didn't know that that's what I was doing I didn't have a name for it I have had to teach myself how to be resilient and because when I was going back to ninth grade singing at that funeral uh, a couple weeks later I kind of hit a wall and was really sad and I stopped talking at school I had withdrawn Um, I had quit the track team I didn't quit anything in life but I, I couldn't seem to get anything right, mom had started working again. She was transitioning. I'm the youngest, so she was transitioning back to kind of getting back in society and whatnot. They wanted to start making a little more money, um, and that was, you know, their choice, their privilege and whatnot. But that meant that there was a transition that mom wasn't always available to pick me up and, um, you know, be available for taking me to doctors or whatever. I had to learn how to do scheduling and appointments. Mom did a lot for us. I love my mom. Uh, they were concerned the school called uh, when I had called out uh, sick I was never calling out I never missed school and my friends were concerned about me they cared about me because I wasn't talking at school I had completely withdrawn and that's what people with depression do they withdraw and I'm so grateful my friends in the choir pointed it out and were concerned about me You are enough. That doctor, we went to see my pediatrician, was terrible. Uh, Mom stopped seeing him after that appointment because he lied straight to my parents' face. He met with me privately, and then he brought my parents back in. I told him I didn't want to take medication. I said, I want to know alternative options. He said, there are none. But as a depressed person and as a minor, I was learning to speak. And as a woman, I was learning to speak and have a voice for myself. And I was quiet. And I never asked for anything because anytime I asked for something, I wasn't listened to in the household. So I learned at a very young age to not ask for things, but to earn my own way in this world. And part of that is how my parents raised me. And part of that is my stubborn attitude as well. rightfully so but when that doctor my parents came back in the room and that doctor told my parents that we had agreed that I would try this medication for 90 days I lost complete trust in the doctor and I didn't say anything in the room but as soon as we got in the car I told my mom I said mom he lied she's like what did he lie about I said I told him I didn't want to try it I said I wanted to try something else she goes okay why don't you just try it for a couple days and if you don't like it We'll try something else. I was like, okay. It was the best thing that a parent could say to a child that wants an alternative option to medication. Um, and I say that to say no, there's nothing wrong with medicine. If you need it, great, take it. There's a lot of issues with the pharma industry and what we have available to people. And especially if you are a teenage person because your hormones are still out of balance. So you mix that with a chemical compound that's going to change the formulation in your brain. It makes you at heightened risk for suicide. Get plugged in every single day. And if you are a parent listening to the show, get plugged in every single day. Get your kids plugged into things that they enjoy doing, even if they say they don't feel like it. Because when you're depressed, you don't feel like doing things you love. If you are sad, depressed withdrawn for two weeks or longer that's considered depression and if you haven't checked in with your kids lately because maybe you're stuck on your phone they're stuck on their phone and nobody's talking in the household decide together to have dinners together there's a ton of research on the benefits of it your kids are going to have better BMIs they're going to have better grades in school you're going to have better communication within the household it might not be perfect but if you, if you have a standard, mom decided early on that we would not have any devices at the table. So we didn't. We had dinner at 5 p.m. every single day. I'm so grateful that they did that. They weren't perfect parents, but we weren't perfect kids either. They did the best that they could with the circumstances of financial resources that they had and the environment that we lived in. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I grew up where I grew up. I grew up in a really rough neighborhood, low income, and I had an incredible music teacher that decided to not let money in the ghetto neighborhood stop him from teaching us excellence. And never once after that, that period, never once I stopped taking the meds. And I don't recommend you just stopping, take your meds. You know, obviously have conversations with your doctors or get a new doctor if they lie to your parents, right? But I got plugged in. There was an alternate position. They, they... Um, had a, a, a senior I had scored the same on this 50 point scale for this music company group this elite group that got to tour around and miss school everybody wanted to be a part of it if you were in choir everybody wanted to do it because who doesn't want to miss school and have a permission to miss to miss school right but the standards were high you had to keep good grades um, you had to be you know an excellent citizen and all that and this senior was having an att- well, she was going to be going into her senior year. In the summer, she was having an attitude towards the end of the, the junior year. She was f- having some friction with the leadership. She didn't respect who was the president and the vice president. She was giving them bad attitude. So she tried to quit and then go to another high school, but Mr. Kraus wouldn't let her quit. He said, "If you're going to quit, I know all of the other high school directors. You have a bad attitude." They're not going to want to work with you. You're going to have to leave this whole district if you're going to quit. I don't want you to quit. I want you to learn how to solve communication issues here. But if you're not going to do that, if you're so bent out of shape that you're going to leave, then so be it. I'll sign it, but I will only sign it if you are leaving the school district. So she did. She literally left the school district, and that opened up a position because I had the same singing range as her. I was an alternate. I wasn't even supposed to be in the group. And I'm so glad that he called me because my middle brother was in the group. So I knew I had somebody that I could rely on for family because I had so much anxiety. I didn't know how to deal with these emotions that had been fluttering through. And that was when my superpower first came where I had the gift of vision, but I, but it, it was shooting forward in the negative instead of in the positive because I needed, I needed a coach to guide me. And he was that coach three years, never had one suicidal thought, never even had a bad, depressed day, even with lame boys in high school. (laughs) Dated a little bit, but not really. He had excellent standards to help us focus on dreaming big for our lives, preparing us for careers in entertainment, if we so desired. He didn't care that many of us came from low-income families. In fact, he actually preferred it because he taught at a really rich high school in a different district. And he said all of their attitudes were terrible. He couldn't get them to work. Because they just expected to just know everything. They had bad attitudes. But when he came over to our school, he turned it around. It was a high crime neighborhood. Lots of gang activity, drug activity, violence. And he turned it around. He got all them hoodlums into the choir. And guess what? Those boys can sing. (laughs) He made sure we were treated like we were family. He's like, don't date your family we are all a family you don't date your family (laughs) so sometimes people did but for the most part if you were in the music company you didn't Um, he tried to keep that drama out because he knew he said ladies boys do two things they either make you cry or make you pregnant so wait till you get to college or you're done with high school before dating like he he was straight to the point with us And his wife, Norma Jean, would sew our dresses and customize them. And she'd always have fruit out for us. And incredible people. I had incredible spiritual attacks that year. Our whole community did when the suicide happened. And... uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cross were literally our angels in disguise on earth. I had him on the show a couple months ago and he's describing his favorite years of teaching. Oh man, I'm crying like a girl because I am one. Proud to be a woman. His three favorite years of teaching were the years that I was in high school my senior year as women's group we took first in everything we had plaques all around the room to make sure that we knew that we were important and we took first place pretty much every year but we hadn't won large women's ensemble we hadn't won it yet my senior year we won it we made it into the newspaper he was so excited and proud of us The thoughts in my mind when I was 14 were telling me lies that I was not enough. But I'm so grateful that I had friends that recognized a shift in my behavior, that recognized and were concerned about me. You have friends that are concerned about you. And if you don't, I encourage you to be that friend. Reach out to other people. Look in your phone book or your phone contacts if you don't have a phone book. (laughs) People are like, what's a phone book? It's that thing where you flip through the papers like the older people know, the Rolodex. (laughs) Look in your phone directory. Reach out to five people today. I encourage you. Write down five people's names from your phone list that you haven't reached out to in a long time that you care about and check in on them. A couple months ago, I got scammed really bad from, from government contractors that were personifying as another political party, conned me real good got all my money, got 1500 from my widowed mother who takes care of her grandchildren. They stole money from her. They stole 1800 from my bank. And I'm so grateful that I had a friend I could call. And uh, I literally was in the process of starting to... Um, what I thought was be a brand ambassador for this company that was legit. And I looked them up online. They're number two in their nation for this product that I love the type of food they have. And then um, the financial backing partner was this hospital. It was a legitimate hospital that I looked up as well. And they made it look super legit. And unfortunately, I got got, but there's a lot of people all around the nation that have gotten got and have been falsely arrested. Uh, justice will be served, but since I couldn't change my circumstances, I was like, okay, well, what can I control right now? I've got temporary housing. I'm staying, I'm staying at a friend of a friend's, and uh, I had food. I had emergency food. Because I volunteered last year with my nonprofit business partner, former friend, and we volunteered together at this food bank. And I say former friend uh, because I believe she was coerced <clears throat> to give insider information. Um, and uh, forced me to be separated from my husband that I got married to this year. But it's okay because um, she doesn't have the connection to the Creator like I have. Um, She has been introduced to him and, and got to have the honor of me living in her household for a couple months and saw me transform her mom from being completely stuck in her bedroom, so depressed isolated, not wanting to shower, completely transformed to getting dressed, getting excited to go out to the library and the grocery store and joking around and whatnot in a matter of weeks. She got to see her son, who has a diagnosis, who doesn't really socialize with a lot of people. She got to see him barge into my room all the time and just want to sit and draw and color, just sit by me she got to witness how much love was in my heart and that people are transformed around me. That is that is the Creator working through me. And uh, I'm called to forgive her because I believe they threatened her active duty status because the Creator told me that and the Creator reveals things to me. And uh, so during this during this time with all of these political war games and the personification where they stole all of my money, barely had enough gas money to get to my friend's house. Talk about humbling moment. I'm writing in my journal and the creator is giving me ideas to check in on people. And I want you to know that you're enough and I want you to know that you could do something just like this. So I'm going to give you practical tips and strategies right now if you're not sure what to say on the phone when you're checking in on your friends. I'm going to tell you exactly what I said. You can customize it and change it to your own your own uh, language to check in on your friends with no other assumption or expectation other than just checking it in on them. So this is the first call, assuming that they answer the phone. Hey, Susie. Uh, this is Erin this is Nicole. It's been a minute since we've spoken. Do you have a minute or two to chat real quick? If they say yes, you may have heard about our focus on mental health. The stats around the U.S. are staggering regarding work stress, family stress, and business stress. We wanted to take a pulse and see how you and your family are doing. And then just let them speak. And check in with them. And chances are they're going to talk for a little bit and then they're going to ask you how you're doing. And then you can talk to them and open up. Talking is cathartic for some. It's not for everyone. um, But especially if you're feeling isolated and withdrawn, I encourage you to reach out. Be the first to reach out. If they say that they're um, that they're doing fine or whatever, or if they say they're busy, uh, just say, okay, no worries. When would be a good time to call back and schedule a follow-up time to ask, to check in with them. Um, and then after that, like, how to respond to it, you might be like, well, what do I say to them? Like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, if you feel like you're, like, a little bit socially awkward, like I was before I started this whole networking thing and checking in on people, um, this is, this is a VEMS, VEMSR approach, V-E-M-S-R, so remember that, V-E-M-S-R, so the first step, So based on their yes response, assuming they said, yes, they have time to talk to you, validate after they've spoken, I'm so sorry you're going through that, or wow, you know, so pleased to hear the good news if they, maybe they just had a baby or something. Um, Is it okay if we share, this is what I said, is it okay if we share your good news anonymously online to lift people's spirits? This was right before um, the creator told me to not post anymore until the Judas in my circle corrects the wrong, but... Um, you could say something like this: Is it okay if we share the good news um, in our, you know, private group or online to to share, you know, and help lift other people's spirits? Um, so validate them, emotionally support them. You're not alone in that. You know, we hear this often around the U.S. and beyond. Um, if that's true, if you've heard it often, make sure you're authentic. Um, and then, if you have research, um, share research that is relevant to the situation. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Someone is not sleeping a lot. You can say, wow, um, that's actually extremely common. I've heard that from a lot of people right now, because if you just ask around, a lot of people are stressed out, not sleeping very well. Um, the the statistics show that uh, sleep is really strongly correlated with your mental well being. Uh, what are some things that have worked for you, or whatever you know, to keep the conversation going? If if you think that they, if they shared about it, then they probably have some concerns about it, um, and then maybe share some research. On it, you can share them our episode from Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman from 2020. He talked specifically on the power of sleep, and he gave a lot of relevant research. Um, so you could go straight to that and say, hey, you know, I've got an awesome podcast that I can send your way. Are you, do you listen to podcasts? Well, yeah, um, you can listen to it you know, on your drive, commute to work or whatever or during your workout. And then you can send them um, our link that way. Um, and then uh, as far as call to action after that. So that's the, VMSR approach or VEMSR approach after that, um, some sort of call to action. It's going to vary per, per response, but if you're just checking in on friends and you don't have an expectation other than just checking in on them, like maybe you schedule a follow-up or maybe you schedule if they're close by you in proximity, like a time to like meet in person, uh, maybe like, grab lunch or go for a workout, um, you know, time together, whatever. Um, if you are spiritually minded, this is something that I said, cause I pray a lot and I'm intentional with my thoughts. So I said, um, if the caller is unsure of help, uh, I say, is it okay if we add you to our prayer list or if they say like work stress or business stress, Uh, This is what I say, Um, not sure if this would be a good fit for you or not, but we're having an intimate think tank with a variety of business minds going over top recommendations to help each other save time, reduce work or business stress, and make new quality connections sometime soon. We'd be happy to add you to the follow-up list for our next social media university intensive workshop. If you'd be interested or um, if the caller says, you know, family or personal stress is their main concern. Say you're not alone. We're all feeling that stress around the U.S. and beyond. Is this something you feel comfortable talking more about? And if they say yes, then say something like, you know, not sure if this would be a good fit or not, but we've uh, got a family friendly event in december called the real entertainment therapy experience 3.0 with the purpose designed to improve the treatment of people and patients with depression from both western medicine and eastern medicine combined it's specifically for anyone who treats veterans and first responders their their family and friends it's 100 percent free we just ask that you give us feedback as it's the third time we'll be hosting it and we desire to make improvements each time Our intention is to get it white papered with seven years of longitudinal data and present it to the Joint Commission as the first ever entertainment therapy for those who lean towards entertainment as their mode of healing. Would you like us to circle back once we have the date confirmed? And, um... If they're like, Yeah, great, we'll add you to our follow-up list and we'll circle circle back soon and if that's okay with you. Um what's your preferred method of communications? We can text you, call you, email, social media, etc. And then get their information before obviously you have their phone number already. So, you know, email obviously if they're interested in the family one is the best, fastest for a response. And then have a closure on every call. You know, thank you again for your time today love you so much, we're cheering for you and we'll talk to you soon. Or if you're not a we, if you feel more comfortable saying I, you know, I love you, I'm cheering for you and I can't wait to talk to you soon because you don't know if it's their last day, right? If they're struggling, if they're really stressed, that might be their intended last day on earth. Like literally a week and a half ago, the creator of the universe is telling me you need to talk to this person at work now, go now, go now. I did, and then I found out today from another um, colleague uh, who heard from a couple other people that they reached out around that same time talking about struggling with suicidal ideation. So you never know what somebody is going through. I always say, if you can, make sure, if you're going to say some words, say kind things. Um, In my faith system, I believe and read the bible Um, I believe there are good knowledge bombs in all kinds of faith systems uh, but the one that I know I would say I lean more towards is uh, uh, the Christian theos if you will theology and a friend of mine when I was younger of course I haven't seen her in a minute but she gave me this verse when we were mm, maybe 5th graders And it's about speaking words and whatnot. It's in Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. I'm reading from the NIV version. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And I've tried my best to live my life in that manner. That's why if I don't know you, I'm probably not going to talk very much because I don't know what is going to hurt your feelings. Um, And I want to make sure what I say is good. And I choose to sing music also that is wholesome and uplifting because there's a lot of power in our music. And I try my best to not allow external circumstances to excuse myself from bad behavior. So... I say that to say, you never know what someone is going through. Your words have the power of life and death. So speak words of encouragement to others. And I encourage you, you are enough. If you're feeling you're not enough, I imagine that there's probably five people or more in your phone list that are also thinking those same things. Why not reach out to them, check in on them, see how they're doing and see how you can support them. And maybe, but you know, the same way they can support you because that's where friends are for. Right. Um, and if you don't have a phone at all, uh, maybe reach out. And your, if you're living in the United States, you can get access to uh, phones uh, through your like social workers or whatnot. So check in on that in your local area. Um, and I'm really excited for that day when my husband and I reunite. We get connected from this Judas in our Circle to Top Level Leadership. Because I do have, uh, I should say, we have the HOPE Act that works in congruence with... Global Mental Health Ambassadorship uh, that I'm in the nomination for. Um, essentially, it is a way to help offer people entrepreneurship. That's what it stands for. The Hope Act. It's a way to teach people of all income levels, especially those that are low income, because Mr. Krauss taught us at very young ages how to add career opportunities for ourselves from low-income community. He didn't care about the low-income because he wanted the best of the best that had good attitudes because he could work around the money part, and he did. He sacrificed a lot of time with his family to be up in Seattle. Every weekend there was a game going on, whether it be the Seattle Mariners, the Huskies, the Sounders as they started to come out, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, and he worked alongside us. He got other top-level leaders of the district to do it. He got the parents involved. He got us involved, and we got money to put towards our trips. He got money to put towards our $600 dresses and towards our tux uniforms and towards our trip to Hawaii my junior year. You, know, you can't put a price on the experiences that he taught us, and this is my way of pa- passing it forward, right? Uh, We are called to help those that are less fortunate than us. And all of us have someone in our lives. No matter what you're going through, there is always someone that has it worse than you. So lend a helping hand. Reach out to your friends or make some new friends. Love you guys so much. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. Oh, and December's event, I haven't organized it at all, but I believe... We've got some strong men and women in our back pocket that have been supporting behind the scenes December 23rd. Not sure what time yet, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And if nothing happens, at least you know the intention was there. All right. Love you guys. See you next time.